Barney and Friends. Barney Simon. Jackaranda FM. Jackaranda FM, what a powerful song. Alicia Keys, We Are Here. And uh, she's running this thing. Um, that She donated $1 million the other day of her own money, divided equally amongst these uh, 12 groups. She decided to uh, donate money to different groups and stuff. And uh, just a couple of them, like, you, you know, it's nice when you're a, a big star, a mega star, to give something back to the community. And I want to find out what you're doing about that, uh, young man. Dylan Willifont, my uh, in-studio guest. He's a stand-up comedian, although tonight he is sitting down. <laughs> Are you okay? Was that a good joke? <laughs> you're a sit-down yeah, comedian. Yeah, yeah, I'm a comfortable comedian tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you got me there. Well, uh, she, she calls us We Are uh, Here Movement, and um, she's, she looks at like uh, different groups uh, striving towards uh, – um, you know, improving gay rights, uh, fighting uh, racial uh, inequity in uh, American in the justice system. So she's involved with that, and uh, she's also it's called Keep a Child Alive. She's yeah, involved with that. So uh, you know, it's amazing that she's got such a big name. She's out there, and a lot of people don't know about this. But you, uh, you're still up and coming. You're 24 years old. I tell you, not long to go, and you're going to be the next uh, Trevor Noah in this country. I can promise you that. <laughs> Trevor had to start somewhere. And one day when you've got a big name and everybody knows you, and I'm sure you do it already, to give back to society and, and your community in El Dorado Park, I'm sure, like you said, the school, you went to that school, your school that you went to the other yeah. day. Um, do you think it's an important thing to do? To give back? No, definitely. That's, that's what we are here for, to give back. We can't be taking and taking. We must be giving. Because that's what we are here for. So, yeah, I go... Um, I try my best to give to give to who I care for and who I like. In fact, you should start with who you care who the closest to you who mm. need it more because that's where charity begins. It begins at home mm. where you give birth to a child called charity. <laughs> now, your uh, parents, are they proud of you at the stage? They must be. I mean, uh, the other thing is like get a real <laughs> job, Dylan. You, know, it's like you ended up uh, as a, com- a professional comedian. Is that what I can call you? Yeah, I, I ended up a professional. I remember, I remember going into my parents' room, telling them uh, I want to become a comedian. My dad, I, I saw a tear fall down his cheek because oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> he also cries on the first day of everything. <laughs> you should have told him a joke, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the first thing he asked me: Am I going to swear? That's what <laughs> You're going to swear a lot on stage. I'm going to swear a lot if I'm going to use vulgar language on stage because he's really, he, doesn't, he doesn't care for vulgar language. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so, I, so they accepted it. Well, it was difficult in the beginning. I'm sure it was difficult because I told him I'm going to leave college because I attended at like Rosebank College. It's, it's horrible. What were you studying? Um, journalism and. Rosebank College is so bad, it's not even in Rosebank. <laughs> That's how bad it is. <laughs> but how, how many years did you spend there? I, I only spent a year. I only spent a year and then I realized that that's not where I want to be. That's not where I was meant to be. And I spent actually a few months, but uh, for my parents, I will call it a year. Okay, now uh, journalism. Um, why did you get, I mean, I, I know, as you say, you like writing stories and poems and stuff and um, journalism, it could have been, I mean, if you were a journalist, uh, what, how long is it, about three, four year course, what do you think mm-hmm. of journalism uh, all over the world? I mean, it's a t- I mean, today they were shooting rubber bullets at journalists and stuff. Is that yeah. the kind of thing you wanted to get involved with? 
No, that's that's exactly the only reason why I didn't like Jan. I love I love the process of writing. Writing mm. is a good thing, but the only reason why is because it's too factual. I I don't know like like a, I'm a creative. Creatives don't like facts really. Well, we work with facts, but we want to put our own thing in there. We can't be going um. Uh, police shot rubber bullets, but I think mm. <laughs> they should have used the real bullets. <laughs> That'd be a horrible article. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you didn't end up uh, <laughs> being a journalist. Uh, you're going to be one of the most amazing comedians ever the world has ever seen. <laughs> I, I, I can just see it. I can just feel it that you're just this amazing guy, not because you want to be funny or whatever, but you're still a youngster. You're 24, and you've got discipline, and you love people. And you know exactly what you want to do in life. A yeah. lot of people your age, what are <laughs> they, they doing now? You know what I mean? Yeah, they in Baltimore prison. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's just go back to uh, El Dorado Park, the vibe there. Um, what was it like, you know, with all the violence around as well? I mean, uh, okay, you're a bit younger, but your parents and your grandparents, they must have uh, had a tough time during uh, the apartheid years and stuff. Uh, did they ever talk to you about those years? My parents actually never spoke to me about apartheid. I actually, uh, the only things I've actually, actually know of apartheid was, was learned at school. My parents actually never spoke to me because I was also a baby and mm. by the time I was four or five, that's when apartheid was completely gone, when they could speak to me. They didn't really mention apartheid as mm. a thing to me, so I don't really know anything. But uh, still today with stand-up comedy, do you any do you use anything that I mean, as you say, you didn't really know what happened, but I'm sure you've read a lot about apartheid and you've heard about those bad old days. Do you bring that up during your your stand-up uh, comedy show? I bring up apartheid every now and then, but um, it's not it's not it's not what my act is mainly mm. about. My act is not even about race, really. I do bring up race as a as a story as a thing because mm. <laughs> we can't be hiding the elephant in the room. <laughs> 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 it's the it's the thing that. But um, apartheid is not really a subject that I, that I go on wild wild about. Mm. That, yeah. Now there was one guy called Trevor Noah. You were at school, you were at college, and what? When was the first time you heard about this guy called Trevor Noah? You saw him maybe on TV, or maybe a, where, where did you actually see him at a live show? I saw him at a live show, but I, but when I saw him, I was like, "This guy looks familiar." Then I realized I've I've seen him on TV before, but I didn't I didn't realize where on TV or what I saw him on TV. And I watched him at the comedy festival called the Just Because Comedy Festival. And I was like, "Wow, that is um, that is awesome." I would in in that same year, I think he did his one man show mm. at the Lyric Theater, the Daywalker, his first one man show. And I was like, "I want the ticket to that." And my parents were like, "No, you can go alone." I was like, "Okay, I'll go alone. I I, I want to go watch Trevor Noah." And I went to watch Daywalker. I saw the opening act there, and I was like, "That's that's that's mm. what I want to be. I, that I'd love to be the guy opening the show there for Trevor." And then two years later. Well, a few years later, mm. I found myself as the opening act on that stage at the Lyric Theatre. Let's have a listen to Trevor. Uh, where is Trevor now? Trevor, please stand up. Well, he doesn't, he doesn't I finally stand. get to the front of the line. The guy comes to the window in the truck. He's like, hey, you want tacos? So, well, it would be awkward if I didn't. <laughs> you know? He's like, hey, I don't know. Maybe you just want a Coke or something. He said, no, no, I wouldn't come here for a Coke. I came for tacos. Give me tacos. It's okay. How many tacos do you want? So I don't know what they are, so just, just give me one to be safe. One taco. He's like, one taco coming up. He goes and he prepares it, does his thing, comes back, and he's like, hey, here's your taco, friend. I said, thank you. He's like, yeah, you want a napkin? <laughs> and now on our side of the world, a napkin 
is that thing babies wear. So he was trying to say serviette, which is what everyone in the world says except America, serviette. So he goes, you want a napkin? I said, why the hell would I want a napkin? She says, hey man, for the mess afterwards. I said, for the mess? Is it that instant that I'm gonna need a napkin? She says, yo, you never know with tacos, man. One minute you think you got it, then it's coming out. My studio guest, Dylan Willifan. Dylan, uh, it is time now. Vili uh, says, uh, bring on the jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to interview you. We're having a chat about your yeah. life. Well, now they want you to tell jokes. Huh? <laughs> so are you prepared to tell uh, a couple of jokes later on during the show? Are you maybe, okay? I'll, maybe I'll, I'll rock. But uh, jokes, do, yeah. do you want to stand up when you tell these jokes? Because you are a stand-up comedian <laughs> now. No, I don't need to stand up. I can just sit down. <laughs> so uh, how do you feel like, I mean, you're in a room with a lot of people and there's always a joker or in a pub or whatever. There's always one guy. That thinks it's funnier that, than yeah, the comedian. And nobody laughs or whatever. So, and, and Has that happened to you where you sit next to somebody and you go like, wow, man, you didn't hit the punchline? Or, and you, have you had a go at somebody like that where you're just trying to help them out? Like, my jokes are better than yours. Uh, was there a stage in your life when you did that? Screaming at, at the comedian, going, my joke is better. I would never do that. <laughs> it, it, it wouldn't help the comic. Mm. And it wouldn't, it wouldn't make me feel better about mm. myself either. So, no, I'd never... Scr- in fact, comedians hate heckles. They hate it when someone thinks they're funnier than... Because mm. the, odds are they're not as funny as the guy that's on stage. Most of the time, I would say, just call on the guy on stage and tell him to come prove to us how funny he is. Because mm. that's what people always think. Because a lot of people think that they're funnier than the comedian. But mm. when you call them on stage, and then you're like... But also, how do you feel like walking on stage? I mean, backstage, obviously, the adrenaline. I mean, when you had to go on tour with uh, Trevor Noah, how, uh, did you – obviously, you didn't phone Trevor and say, Trevor, uh, it's Dylan, yeah, I want to be on your show, whatever. How did that happen? Uh, how did you get booked to go on that show? He must have seen you somewhere or heard about you. Yeah, like I say, in 2012, the club we actually played there, I was actually on right before he, okay. he performed that, that show, That's Races. In 2012, I opened for him in his national That's Races tour. Barney and Friends Barney Simon